America, my name is I'm Yosef Frimpong, and you're watching The Black Athenians, and I come to you every Friday about this time, 4 o'clock-ish, to tell you some quality of political knowledge that's not obvious, that, but may help you make sense of your life with the idea that if we kind of make the right moves, we can actually make black communities whole. But there are a lot of people who are trying to distract you, and I think Bobby Wright has his mind. That the, uh, Bobby Wright, Dr. Bobby Wright, who wrote a wonderful little book called The Psychopathic Racial Personality, had this right, is the, one, the number one fight in America is for the Negro mind, because if they can control your mind, they can control your behind. And so what is the mind control that's working on black people right now? There's a video that just dropped by Pharrell called Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. And in the video, it, he has a few black hustlers. It's, it's just, it's actually, it's a kaleidoscope of black hustlers. But he highlights a few black hustlers who are trying to, I don't know, who are trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. And apparently that's what we're supposed to do in this world. And that is never, uh, that's not a strategy for political health. If there were 40 million black people in the United States. Like the problem isn't that we don't hustle hard enough. Problem is for every black entrepreneur that that Pharrell um, highlighted, there are fifty that tried it and died. Probably got divorced, then died for the trouble. Right. So the problem isn't that we don't hustle hard enough. I mean, you got Alton Sterling getting shot by police for selling CDs out of his car and then Eric Gardner hustling, selling loose cigarettes and getting choked out. So the problem isn't that we hustle hard enough. The problem is there's a, I, there's a, I have the, tw the tweet of the, uh, of the week. I can't, he said um, regarding Biden's Uh, Biden's speech yesterday that when Biden said like he's pretty much not going to be the president of Democrats, he's going to be the president of all Americans. <laughs> Since black people, we vote Democrat, that means he's, he's, he's not doing nothing for us. So that means it's all up to our individual hustle if we're going to have do anything. And if it's all up to our individual hustle, then why even vote Democrat? That's what I, I'm just saying. I, I'm, putting, I'm putting three and three together here for you. But uh, after Biden's speech, someone tweet, I, I tweeted out and someone responded. I think this is great. He is, if this were a hoop game, he would effectively be saying, get yours off the misses because we know we're not running any plays for you. That's black life. Get yours off the misses because we're not running any plays for you. And it's not like the coach isn't running any plays. They're just not running any plays for us, right? Because when you say like, well, you know, I'm the president of all Americans, that means I'm the president of people who uh, think that black people are owed a debt. <laughs> and I'm the, also the president representing those deadbeats who don't want to play black people with their owed. That's how you both sides it. So that's a problem. And uh, Joe Biden saying, well, you know, I'm not the president of Democrats. I'm the president of America. And black people with Democrats. So what he's pretty much saying is black people, you're not getting nothing. I'm going to try to chase some of these white Republican votes. What you going to do about it? Do something about it. So 
there's this notion that without without actually full faith of government, we can just privately hustle, privately hustle our lives. And that's just, um, it's just a recipe for black degradation. It's, it's a recipe for black degradation. And then death, where you blame yourself for not hustling harder. You just hustle harder. You could be like Oprah. No, there was always going to be one Oprah. There was always all, <laughs> there was always going to be one Oprah and there was always only going to be one Oprah. That's how America is built. You need one Oprah to keep the, a few hundred million Negroes, like, excuse me, a million Negroes in their place. There's always going to be one, but there's always only ever going to be one. And so you could try to be that one, but I don't, you know, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be one. Right? You want, uh, like, the aim is community uplift. So the private hustle is never going to work. But there's a deeper argument against a private hustle. I'm going to go against, and I'm going to go for that uh, after the intro. To the beach, Never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and it can feature in your front. So I'm reading this book by a guy named Randolph Hooley. Uh, Hooley, yes. Hool, Randolph Hool. And he's a prof out of Fredonia. Yes, Fredonia. And he's got, it's a book called The... the neoliberal racism in the neoliberal era and he makes the argument that here's the deal with how racism worked right in the jim crow south there were always white populists there were always white people who looked out for poor white people and thought the government ought to do better by poor white people and they could do that in the jim crow south and like you recognize these names it's it's your lester maddox it's your big jim Folsom out of alabama it's your huey long in louisiana but there's a whole tradition of white southern populists who are very serious about trying to get government on the side of poor white southerners like like these guys were earnest in that and they wouldn't even mind if some black people <laughs> got some collateral benefits they weren't going to run any plays for us, but they, uh, they wouldn't even mind if some black people got some collateral benefits. My favorite big Jim Folsom story is, uh, is when he, was met, we met, he met with Martin Luther King and he said to King, you know, you should be more like Gandhi. Just don't fight back. <laughs> that nonviolent stuff. Just be more like Gandhi. Don't fight back. And so be very careful of, of, of when good people get interpreted by white people. So... There have always been white populists who looked out for the white poor. And in Jim Crow South, it was pretty easy to do because black people weren't people. They weren't people yet. Now, we, 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 we came in the back entrances. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were people adjacent. So we weren't slaves, but we weren't people. So you could be a white populist and you had the Klan unofficially uh, policing the margins of public, of public, pe public peoplehood. And black people just weren't people. So that was just understood. And so you could be a public populist without ever having to actually fight for racial justice in any serious way. Because that uh, being a populist pretty much meant you were, you know, you were for the white poor. <laughs> so you were fighting for the white poor against the, uh, the industrial class of whites. Right. So these governors are real populists in that way. But then with the civil rights movement, black people were, were legally recognized as people. 
And that posed a problem for the white populace, right? So what he said was, the public sphere was white. And this is Hooley's argument. The public sphere was white before the civil rights movement. There were always black people and a ton of them, but the public sphere that counted as public people were white. And so that, uh, the civil rights movement, once it acknowledged that black people were people in public, then what happened was whiteness moved to the private sphere. So the private sphere was white. So that's when you get like white people going for deregulation and white people and, and stigmatizing. Once a public school is like the one drop rule, once a, just a few Negroes get acknowledged as public people, it ruins the whole public. Got to throw the whole public away. And pretty much the, the shape of government, both the Democratic and the Republican Party for the last 40 years, has been throwing, trying to find ways to throw the whole government away. We want to just throw it all away. And uh, because and now black people are getting it. And so it's the private sphere that, that's now white. And so you have to be careful of a kind of white private populism or private populism that happens to be white because uh, it's white. Now, Hooley, because, it's, because the private sphere is white. Now, Hooley makes the argument that instead of the Klan policing the boundaries of the public, um, in Jim Crow South, we have a new, now that black people are in the public sphere officially, we have an official police that polices blackness and degrades blackness in, through legitimate means in public. So we have a police that does what the Klan does. And pretty much wherever black people are, they're going to be white supremacist violence policing them, right? So when we were out of the public, it was it was, it was the Klan policing us at the margin. Now that we're in the public, it's police doing it legitimately through the state. The state has internalized and then, and then uh, legitimized policing public blackness in a way. And that's Hool's argument. But the interesting thing, what goes on in the private sphere. So now that whiteness has moved from the public to the private, white populists are all about deregulating the private sphere and trying to make private life better make private life better. And this is, you know, Trump's in on this game too. And, but this is also the kind of private populism that you have to watch out for. It's a private populism of, of the UBI. The UBI, the universal basic income, is this notion that if we just give everyone, you know, $1,000 a month or $1,200 a month, they'll be fine. Pretty much put everyone on welfare, they'll be fine. Without any public infrastructure or without any productive power, right? So what that ends up being is guaranteed rent for, uh, for white landlords. But it's privatizing populism. Charter schools are another way to privatize populism. We don't have to make public schools very good. We just have to give people the choice to privately um, spend their monies in a pri and that's, that's how we democratize power, through privatizing uh, power and not actually just enabling people to act in public. Right, so this stigmatizing the public and, and kind of lifting up of the private is because white people are now private people. When white people were public people, then the populists were all about like securing public goods. Now that white people are private people, they're all about securing privatized goods. The problem is with an infrastructure, without, an, without a public infrastructure, you can't actually compete. But it's seductive. 
And the private populism will be like, well, we just need more black entrepreneurial hustlers. And that's how we'll get over. No, we can't get over with more black. We have 40 million people deep. Like that's not a problem you can solve with just a few more black entrepreneurs. We don't own anything. So like there's a, you need to do this, you need programs that aren't just individualized for individual black people, but for entire communities. And that those are going to have to be public programs, accountable to the public. It's the people's thing, right? So, and, and unless you get that, you'll be suckered into this private populism, right? So, you have to understand, on occasion I go on Rising, and I, I, I love it when they have me on. I'm very grateful. I think Crystal Ball is pretty excellent. So, anytime, uh, you're, <laughs> you're pretty much never going to me, see me say anything wrong about, or bad about Crystal Ball because I think she's a class act and... She takes a chance on me in a way that other people don't and don't have to. So, but I think she's wrong about kind of how populism works in some ways. And uh, on the show, it's Saga and Jetty who, who's the right populist and Crystal Ball is the left populist. But, you, if you, but I don't think Crystal understands the struggles, the cultural struggles of left populism when... Uh, the best you can do right now, not the best you can do, but when it's going to veer towards, uh, unless, you, in, like, unless you do race first, it's going to veer towards a private populism, which is a, the, the populism of the UBI, which isn't going to do anything for black people except you know, put them on welfare a little bit. You can't, it's not real capital. It's not real public infrastructure. Um, so we have a nation that's built, and then there's the Klan populism of... of of Sagar. He doesn't know it yet. I'm sure he denies it, but it's, you try to, <laughs> anyway, so you, yeah, you don't mess with white culture, but then you try to be a populist, you end up with Lester Maddox, and you end up with Huey Long, and you end up with Big Jim Folsom. It's going to be white, because all of the cultural infrastructures are, are white supremacists. But if you don't actually uh, um, revitalize the public, your populism will be the, a liberal or a private populism of a UBI as opposed to a federal job guarantee. Um, it'll be the private populism of, yeah, charter schools, the private populism of uh, some entrepreneurship programs, right? Or loans even. Or even private grants, but unless, but it won't be public infrastructure. And we need public infrastructure in the American South. There is fifty years of deferred maintenance, just work that needs to be done before we can get to work. <laughs> like, like, like sidewalks and clean water and sanitation systems, and like you can't do that if, by giving everyone a UBI because sanitation systems cost twelve thousand dollars each, right? So you need actually huge public infrastructure huge public infrastructure, and then we can be productive. And um, yeah, yeah. But watch out for the populism that is private focused and still stigmatize the public infrastructure and public accountability and public bureaucracy. And I hope that's been helpful. Um, this, the move from white public to white private and then the populist move that goes from white public populism of Huey Long and Big Jim Folsom and Maddox and even uh, Zell Miller, populist guy, he's all about the white poor. Like all these guys are all about the white poor. Now that move 
goes to private because white people, the white poor, like now privatize their goods because black people have been recognized as public people, as members of the public. All right, so I hope this has been helpful. It's a little bit short. You know, I have, I have some other things to say, but I, you know, I want to keep it impactful. Share this with your friends, and I will see you at another time. And if you like what I do, and you should like what I do, if you like what I do, actually like the video, that's good. But then also send it around to your friends. Watch this instead of your uh, book club meeting because you know, I try to provide a service to the people. All right? So make sure your populism is public not private, and beware of people who try to privatize progress. We can do more with NGOs, uh, not NGOs, uh, 501c3s and nonprofits are a great way, are a great scheme to try to uh, privatize progress. It gets away of, it gets in the middle, and you know, all these greedy little pastors want their hooks in it too. So it gets in the way of, of actual public accountability. And there are private fetters, right? So not everyone's going to be admitted into a private program. There's going to be strings attached, private strings, right? And this is all because whiteness has been privatized. I hope this has been helpful. Um, yeah, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise as soon as black people enter a, a, an arena, then that arena is stigmatized uh, in America because America's anti-black. There you go. And I will talk to you at another time. Bye. Credit cards. If you appreciate the work I do every week and you think that I should continue to do it because I'm giving you the quality of political knowledge and insight that will help you not squander your life and kind of rescue meaning from it, then go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month, or make one enormous donations. I like the monthlies because it allows me to budget more, and that'll help me, you know, with a marketing budget or getting better equipment that works all the time. Because a lot of, in a lot of ways, freedom means having equipment that works every time you turn it on. <laughs> and I want to be a free Negro. So, um, if you like what I do, go to funkyacademic.com and contribute. Thanks often comes in the form of cash. And the site takes 